Hey there, this is Sean Mallory. Welcome to my podcast, Where Did I Get Like This? A show where I talk to people about the places they lived and how that affected their adult lives. Today is my first episode. I'm talking to Denver native Cindy Anderson. Uh, she has a psychology background in higher education and has moved 10 times in her life. Just a little bit of a heads up. This episode contains some mature subject matter that may not be appropriate for younger ears. All right, well, enjoy this first episode. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. You are my actual first person I've gotten to interview, so uh, no pressure. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am really excited to talk to you. If you could uh, in introduce yourself to us and maybe give us a little bit of information about where you're at, um, what you do, maybe. Let's see. So I have... So I've lived in Denver for 50 years, so my entire adult life. I am retired from higher education where I was a director and associate director of departments, and I worked in public K-12 for a while. And so I'm kind of a lifelong educator. Two grown children, four grandchildren living different places, daughter in Virginia, works for a quasi-federal agency, her kind of close to the White House. Let's see. So I'm a, an adult child of an alcoholic, which is kind of an interest of mine, talking about recovery from those kinds of issues. And I'm a survivor of um, childhood sexual abuse. So I'm what they would call a, a survivor of complex PTSD, which oh. is PTSD from more than one cause, um, which okay. can be from a variety of things. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, that's a, a lot to start with. Thank you for sharing all of that. Mm -hmm. um, you said you're retired, but yeah. I do know that you are still working and uh, remotely these yeah. days. So what are you doing these days? Yeah. So I'm working uh, for a private company doing educational. It's not really consulting because I'm an employee of the company and they do um, tutoring academic support services so i'm i'm still working i'm retired from higher ed but i'm still working and i run their the college prep part of their business mm -hmm. we were at home for two months and then i was back in the office by june of 2020 so i've been in the office ever since just being super careful and have made it through so far but yeah so that's what i'm doing right now all right. As I told you, I just wanted to give a little bit of context to what I'm doing with this podcast. I grew up as a military brat. My dad was in the Air Force. By the best estimation, we moved about six times before I graduated from high school and roughly nine times since I left to go to college. And I'm at a point in a new career development on my end that I'm kind of looking back at my life and I'm thinking about how that uh, nomadic lifestyle you know, changed me, shaped me. And I'm just curious about other people who had either similar lives, you know, that were transplants or those that have uh, been in one place, you know, for most of their lives. I know you said you had quite an interesting childhood. I'm curious if you'd like to share that with us. What was it like sure, in your experience? Sure. Yeah. So interesting. And I've, I've also thought about this a lot because I've, because I've been in one place for such a long time, I think there are reasons why mm -hmm. I didn't move away from Denver when I had opportunities to do that. But I started out on a farm 
west of Indianapolis. And so my mom was from a farm town. She grew up on a farm and my dad grew up in the town, the next town east. So after they got married, uh, my dad was at Butler University. He got out of the Navy and he was at Butler University. And we lived in a little house on my grandparents' farm and a little town called Pittsburgh, Indiana. And um, I was it, just really happy there. When I look back, I was uh, my brother was born when I was two, but I had a really interesting time there because I was really independent, even from a very young age. And my mother, whom I later realized, of course, struggled with all of this mental illness and not being very attentive, was really pretty hands-off. I mean, she didn't pay much attention to where I was or what I was doing. So I had the classic growing up on a farm kind of experience, you know, lots of animals and being outside and helping my grandfather with, you know, planting and all that stuff. And so then when I was five or six, we moved to Speedway, which was, again, the you know, the two, two town, three towns over, mm-hmm. um, bought a little house. My dad was working at Western Electric, which was the manufacturing arm of AT&T. Mm-hmm. And he would drive to the northeast part of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and which, of course, at that time seemed like a million miles away. And then two more siblings, and we lived in a little house, and I was could walk to school. We were like two houses away from the, from the elementary school and the playground. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, just pretty unfettered as far as not, you know, we didn't have a lot of rules. I could just go out almost any time I wanted to, you know, and be gone. And, and at that time, of course, in the 50s, it was a different reality. So it was a lot different kind of rules about where you could go and where kids could go. We rode our bikes everywhere. So we lived there until I was 12, and then my dad was transferred. We were, it was, you know, big corporation, so we were transferred to Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which for me at that time might as well have been the moon. And we went to a little town called Emmaus, which was right outside of Allentown. There was a big plant there in Allentown, a big Western electric plant, and my dad, of course, was continuing to rise in the corporate ladder. And uh, um, as he did, you know, he was less and less attentive as a father. So mm. we were kind of there, um, fish out of water, because at that time in those little towns in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. if you came from outside, it didn't matter where you came from, you were you were the outsider. Well, it went from a small farm to a small town to what, I mean, outside Pittsburgh, you said? I mean, out to the East Coast? Outside uh, of Allen, Allentown, yeah, yeah, which is closer to Philly and New York. Okay, so I mean, that was the cultural shift was going to be my question. What was that like in your memory? Oh, well, it was really interesting for me. It was, and and the other thing that I'll tell you, and this is, you know, some people will sort of relate to this, is that I. I developed a serious weight problem, mm-hmm. and as I, as I look back, I'm sure it was related to the sexual abuse that I'd experienced. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common for women to to have that happen. Yeah. But so for moving into a new a new place, no matter where, mm-hmm. I had a lot of other issues besides just being the new kid, and you know a lot of ridicule, yeah. and you know it was really painful. But the culture was so different. Sure. 
um, from Indiana. I mean, they thought we were from the South, first of all, because we had these accents and, you know, and they, and they also, it was a really rich and diverse community. So lots of families from Eastern Europe, um, lots of families who uh, came from survivors of the Holocaust, just a lot of, a lot of really interesting, and it was, it's very rich culture, Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, and then just being immersed in the history of that part of the country, Mm -hmm. not something that I had ever experienced before. So just constantly feeling like an outsider. I mean, truly. Mm -hmm. And, and I learned really quickly that if if I wasn't going to sit on the sidelines, I needed to learn how to extend myself Mm -hmm. and become friendlier and be really um, extroverted. And this was middle school. So I went into seventh grade in a new school in Emmaus Uh and stayed there for three years. And then we moved back to Indianapolis, the 10th grade. So, you know, same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, my aunt put me on a diet, of course, the summer we got back. So I, you know, lost all this weight. But back to Indianapolis, again, my dad got another promotion. And so he was sort of at the top tier in the executive at this plant in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I thought that Speedway, where we'd lived before, mm-hmm. it never occurred to me, even though it had only been three years, I just never wanted to go back there. I never wanted to try to reconnect with any of my old friends. Sure. It was just a very unusual thing. And I think that that's the, that was sort of a pattern for mm-hmm. me. It was like, okay, that part of my life's over, you know, so coming back, mm-hmm. it's, you know, here we are in this new high school and it was very suburban yeah. and, Northeast Indianapolis is, uh, you know, kind of the preppy. At that time, we called it preppy. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of country club, a lot of golf, golf and tennis playing people. And but I always felt again, even though back in Indiana, I still just sort of felt like the outsider. Hmm. And and but the culture was the same. You know, it was Indiana again, so it was, right. it was that. Spent you know time back on the farm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three years later, we moved out to Denver to get another. They opened a plant in Denver, and we came out here. And, okay. and then after that, you know, it was just sort of day in Denver. Hmm. And, you know, use the tools I learned, I guess, to, you know, kind of get to know people and figure out where to fit in. Okay. So by my count, that was four times that you moved? Yes. Okay. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of going back before you guys went mm-hmm. back to Indianapolis. I mean, did you finally find a comfort zone on the East Coast? Yeah. Had you gotten comfortable with that life? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I guess I had learned that nothing was forever at that point. And oh, sure. I think subconsciously, I didn't develop a lot of long lasting connections. Sure. And that was true when we came back to Indianapolis. Same thing. Uh-huh. I just never expected to be there forever. And sure. and the other part of that is the Northeast Indianapolis, much like Speedway, when we came when we came in, mm-hmm. a lot of the kids that I went to school with in high school had gone to school all the way through kindergarten together. Sure. And there were very few people from outside. Okay. You know, and there were there were kids who were at the military base. Uh-huh. Because Fort Benjamin Harrison at that time was a big finance center. And yeah. So there'd be a few kids from the Fort Benjamin Harrison mm-hmm. and then a few kids, corporate mm-hmm. kids. But by and large, they were they were kids who'd known each other forever. Yeah. So it was very different, you know, coming in, in that, at that 
grade level. And that's a tough time. Yeah. That's a tough time to move. You sure. know, that's interesting ready. that you were injected back into that old life, but there was obviously a gap, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, once again, you're coming back into a familiar situation, but you're, you feel like the outsider now in a place that you kind of, you know, knew. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I've heard of some military families that have been relocated to same bases and stuff. I mean, we never did that, right? So it was always just on to the next place. I can't imagine going back you know, mm -hmm. to a place and mm -hmm. starting over, but all, you know, both knowing how it all works and the dynamics of people there, but also being a stranger again. That's, that's mm -hmm. really, that's fascinating to me. It really, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. You know, people that I've talked to, whether it's my partner or other people that grew up in a small town all their lives, they talk about that growing up with the same group of people and the same group of friends, lots of pros and cons to that. But again, you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting situation to navigate. I mean, was that mm -hmm. pretty rough move back for you then? I was always terrified, you know, mm -hmm. because even though I'd lost a lot of weight, and I was mm -hmm. going into high school and it was kind of new page and everything. But I started thinking about how detached I had sort of become when we came back from Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. as far as old life new life, you know, almost, yeah. you know, it was like, this is who I am now after these years in Pennsylvania, sure. and which most people sort of viewed as a little more sophisticated, mm -hmm. you know, different than being yeah. in Indiana, that I didn't even share that with anybody. Huh. So when you went to Pennsylvania, they considered you from the South. So were you some sort of Yankee when you came back then? Yeah, in a way, exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And there was no way for most of the kids that I went to high school with, had never been anywhere else yeah, to live. Yeah. You know, like I said, except for the kids on, from the base. Sure. They just couldn't understand it. Yeah. You know, it oh, was yeah. like, how how could you live somewhere else? That's weird. Yeah. So for me to try to explain to them, uh -huh. you know, what it was like in Pennsylvania was, there would have been no way. Did you still have a lot of family there when you went back? When we went back, we did. Okay. Lots and lots of cousins on my mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Then um, on my dad's side, he was an only child, but mm -hmm. a lot of extended family. And they were all still where they'd been when we left. So a lot of them never went beyond that town or that, no. that land? Ever. Okay. Yeah, no. Coming back to all these cousins and stuff, how were you yeah. taken in? Well, it was different. You know, I think I tried like the summer before I started school. We moved back in June, maybe mm -hmm. June, July, and then start, you know, started school in September. Yeah. I remember spending a lot of time with my cousins that were closest mm -hmm. to me in age that summer, but not so much after that. You know, kind of got into high school mm -hmm. friends and just really didn't, didn't spend a lot of time with them after that being a brat i never really knew my cousins i never knew my grandparents you know never was an option really that living in a small place mm -hmm. where your cousins are your friends and you see all your grandparents at every holiday or what you know i remember that being sort of like oh i wish i could have been like mm -hmm. that but it mm -hmm. sounds like you weren't that close necessarily when you went back to that life we really yeah we weren't mm -hmm. and i i don't know exactly why like yeah. i don't think i can explain it mm -hmm. my grandfather was still alive and my grandmother too by the time we moved to denver which was 1969 mm -hmm. then i just really didn't really communicate with them at all okay and i would say i would argue that for me mm -hmm. this may not be true for everybody but for me and my family yeah 
it was just easier to erase that, you know, kind of just cut it off. It's like I wasn't the same person. I don't, you know, I wasn't interested, I guess, in going back. Yeah. I mean, that's understandable, too. Mm -hmm. That's the grass is greener thing with family, especially, right? Mm -hmm. So you were in high school when you guys moved to Denver? I had just graduated. Okay. Well, I went to IU. I went to IU Bloomington for a year. And then, yeah, and then we moved out here. Oh, okay. So you were living at home during college? Well, I was in Bloomington. They were still in Indianapolis. Uh And then right after that, we moved out. We moved to Denver after that year. And then I went to see you. I'm just curious what caused you to move out here with them? Oh, I don't think it ever occurred to me to, I don't think it ever occurred to me to stay in Indiana. Uh -uh. You know, you moved with the family and went to school where they were. So how was the move to Denver then? Well, at the time it was more exciting. I mean, I was older and I was going to be going to school. And so that was fine. Mm -hmm. It was very pleasant. You know, the climate was different. Yeah, it was good. And at the time, Mm -hmm. Denver was a very sort of inclusive, but very true Western city in the sense that nobody really cared what you did as long as you didn't sort of infringe on other people's well-being or rights, you know. So it was very accepting. It's very Texas mentality to a point. It was great. Yeah. To a point, yeah. 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 Just kind of going back to your childhood, I mean, sounds like you have some trauma there, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that was difficult to navigate. But just in terms of the moving, Mm -hmm. how do you feel that that way of being brought up shaped your worldview? You know, how you look at things? Well, a couple things happened. I, Like I said, I learned to extend myself. You know, like I I really extended myself and tried to meet people and Mm -hmm. learn, you know, about who they were and what kind of life they had. I didn't, I didn't ever have a lot of parent support, you know, as far, I think in a lot of families, the parents kind of help the kids make it through transitions. I never had that, you know, so that Mm -hmm. was, that was unfortunate, but I really learned to appreciate and value differences and Mm -hmm. much more so than if I stayed in Indiana, I think, you know, because I had to, Mm -hmm. You know, I really had to learn about other cultures. And even though, I mean, it was Pennsylvania, it wasn't like it was in Europe or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've always been able to appreciate and understand when folks come here from other places. I mean, part of my job in one of my, one of the institutions where I worked was director of international student services. Mm -hmm. And I was really really good at that because I understood what it felt like to be an outsider and I understood you know what kinds of things I would have appreciated if I you know if somebody had been a little bit more tuned into to my needs when I was doing all the moving people always able to really connect in really deep and meaningful ways with my international students Mm. and value their cultures I would say that's probably one of the biggest impact sure you know that it had the other thing though that i think in a less positive frame mm-hmm. is the shutting doors mm-hmm. you know when i leave whether it's relationships or moving mm-hmm. you know to even a different part of denver it's like okay that's done that part mm-hmm. is finished and i don't have, I don't have to go back there mm-hmm. sure as a kid was it 
unpleasant memories connected with those places or was it the act that you were sort of forced to shift and it was just you were on to the next thing i don't think the places themselves i don't think i had a lot of negative memories associated with them but yeah it was more about the fact that you know it was a big change that had sort of been laid on me that i didn't have a lot of choice about Mm -hmm. and my parents you know the adults in my life my dad was of course you know going on to his next big promotion so he was he was happy. Mm-hmm. My mom was, I don't know, I would say she struggled with mental illness. And so sure. for her, yeah. it was just a, another horrible experience. And she, mm-hmm. I think, fearful of it, and but definitely not able to help us. Mm-hmm. You know, she was more worried about helping herself through it. Okay. And so the four of us just kind of had to make it, you know, mm-hmm. like you just had to make it. And I think it was true for all of I've talked to my sister about it, and she was, she's a lot younger than I am, but mm-hmm. she said it was pretty much the same for her, you know. Yeah. Did you guys cling to each other in those those moments? You know, I think in, in, norm, in normal families, that probably happens. In my family, it didn't. We were, we just had a different, yeah, it was a different upbringing. You know, it was a different sort of family dynamic. It was still sort of every man for himself. In a lot of ways. But I was, again, I was the oldest. I was always taking care of everybody, okay. making sure that everybody had the right clothes and all that. Sure. Did that give you something to focus on every time mm-hmm. you guys had to pick up and move? Mm-hmm. That, it did. No, it's interesting. I, I have a, a younger sister, and for many moves, we were the only friends we had, you know, that sort of thing. And we both have in common that we don't remember much about our childhood. We have more things that people have told us about our childhood and places that we've been than we actually remember. And the fact that it's both of us, just the nature of the way we grew up, wow, we just didn't form memories about it. Yeah, if it was one of us, it'd be one thing, but it's both of us. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. Again, you're, you're a different situation because of your amount of trauma. What's your memory like because of the transient nature that you guys experienced? Well, and that's another, that's another interesting thing for me. I remember almost everything about all those places, you know, weird, weird memories and memories of teachers and kids in the school and stories about people I met and experiences that I had. And so it's really interesting to me that I, that I do remember that much. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because I felt like I wanted to be able to remember it on some level. Mm-hmm. And I think in Pennsylvania, it was important to me, and I think it was different enough from where I had come from that it was, it was something that was so so different and on so many levels that it just, it was something I wanted to be able to remember. And yet, you said otherwise, it was sort of shutting the door, you know. So you left those places behind, but you kept them in your mind. Mm-hmm. Shutting the door mm-hmm. was exactly what we did, and I mean very little contact with anyone we met or grew up with. I, th- I find it really, really cool that you, you kind of clung to that as something that you wanted to hang on to. Well, yeah, and I still am not sure why, you know. Interestingly, I always, I have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other part of that is my kids always lived within about a three-mile radius. Yeah. I did that intentionally, I think, because I felt like... Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be disrupted, mm-hmm. you know, and have to and have to move to a new place. And my parents were here sure. as much as that sounds odd that I would have 
wanted to kind of hang on to that. I feel like I did. And so I think there were times when I would have enjoyed moving somewhere else, but just didn't want to move the kids. Mm. Something you definitely had in mind as you, you brought up kids, you know, you, you wanted them to have a different kind of life than you live. I did. And I, we traveled a lot, you know, because I wanted them to see different places and understand different places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always say, or I read a study once that said that people who move a lot when they're kids and adolescents, and teenagers, mm-hmm. tend not to move as much as adults. You know, they sort of plant their roots and then they stay there. Whereas people who stayed in one place for most of their mm-hmm. most of that time in their childhood are more likely to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's still true. You know, that's kind of an old study, which I think was in like the maybe late 70s, early sure. 80s. But it made sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. because it just, you know, I think it maybe it's the kind of the grass is greener yeah. thing. But I think that being in one place, you sort of want new experiences. Yeah. You know, maybe you want to understand things in different places. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you've moved around, you're more likely to want to plant some roots. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I'm interested in, in hearing from people because wanting to see that other side of things, you know, sort of idealized that, you know, steady life when I was a kid. It is interesting, but I mean, so you got out to Denver, you planted your life here and raised your family and you never did have that itch to move, you said, right? I really didn't, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that, I think, had to do with my family. And when my daughter moved to Virginia, she moved to Virginia almost 10 years ago, and my grandkids, of course, have grown up there. I had my siblings, and I have a lot of friends here, you know, a pretty extensive network. But I'm realizing more and more that, you know, I just sort of stayed because it was inertia, but, you know, really... At the end of the day, I didn't choose Denver. My dad did, and um, or Western Electric did, however you want to look at it. And in the past, it was a really good place to live, and I really liked being here. And I'm not sure that's true anymore. And so I think more and more about moving again and being somewhere else. Okay. You know, so you can stay connected with the people that matter to you. And, you know, when you think about things that people learn from moving to different places is that I know that I would be perfectly fine Mm -hmm. if I decided to do that. Hmm. You know, if I decided to move somewhere else, I know, I know how to connect. I know how to find people to connect with, you know, Mm -hmm. I know the kinds of things that I would need, you know, so I I don't think it would be terrifying to me. Hmm. I think for some people, maybe it would. You know, that study that showed people that moved, wanted to stay put and vice versa. And I was thinking about myself, moved all these times as a as a kid, and then I landed in Chicago after I went to school, and I lived there for 10 years, and that was the longest I'd ever lived anywhere. But I did mm-hmm. notice after every couple of years, I would get that sort of wanderlust, but the idea of having to move again was not appealing to me at all. Mm-hmm. I've moved a bunch of apartments and dorms and all that sort of thing as as an adult. And, you know, now I've been in Denver about five years and I, I feel like I could plant here. The prospect of moving again, it, it just seems like a pain to me now. And I'm like, why would I do that again? You know, but at the same time, I couldn't rule it out completely. Right. It is a hassle. Moving is a gigantic hassle. But it's also true that, you know, when I 
because I've been looking at places in other, like North, back in North Carolina, and, and a friend of mine owns a, she has a used furniture store, speaking about moving specifically, and when I was talking to her about it, you know, trying to figure out the decision, she's European, mm-hmm. she's from Macedonia, and her ex-husband is in Poland, right, he's Polish, he's in Poland, and for them, the entire sense of place is very different, you know, for me, mm-hmm. because they, she was born in this country, but she's, you know, her parents were immigrants and Alec is an immigrant. Mm-hmm. And for them, where is home? You know, home is, he's, you know, the, everybody's connected electronically. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, the companies that she works with, mm-hmm. I could identify the things that I want to keep and move sure. and they could come in and take everything away in a day yeah. and sell it or, or, donated or whatever yeah. and so then you then you don't have those issues around what do i do with all huh. this stuff you know what i mean it's a different it's a different experience yeah. you know huh. and then you don't you don't have the pressure of trying to figure yeah. all that out you know it's like you move and you get new huh. stuff and that's what she's always done and, it, and but i think some of it is the business that she's in you know she's realized that people people get really attached to uh-huh. things like they get attached to places yeah. and not necessarily for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was interesting for me to talk to her because she has a very different yeah. sense of, of that, mm-hmm. of where is home and what does that mean? It was hard moving around and or at least I can say this, didn't put a whole lot of, I don't know, energy into making friends or being connected to any one place. There's a real disassociation for both my sister and I. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, my parents would try to move us during the summers whenever possible, but sometimes it'd be right in the middle of the school year. As a kid, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't didn't always enjoy that process. But as I look back at it, I appreciate so much that my parents had that life because it did make me look at the world in a, in a similar way to you, where I was able to identify with people differently and have a respect for cultural shifts. Yeah, so as an adult, I really look at back at it as a positive. I mean, would you say that that was an ideal situation to to grow up in? I mean, if if that could be a a thing, I think it was helpful to me in a lot of ways. I don't think it was easy, you know, and, mm-hmm. and definitely could have been managed differently. Mm-hmm. But as far as if it was helpful to mm-hmm. me in terms of my the things I learned and the tools that I acquired, I would say definitely. Sure. I wish that I had been able to connect with the people from the earlier times of my life differently. Like I wouldn't have expected to hang on to anybody from Pennsylvania because mm-hmm. we didn't have, really have any connections with anybody there. But, you know, my friends in Speedway and my family, I wish that I yeah. had maybe connected with them in different ways. But at the time, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, one of the you know, I learned a lot of really good things, but one of the one of the things that I realize now that maybe wasn't as helpful is that end point. You know, like, well, that relationship is over now, so I don't need to mm-hmm. pursue that or nurture it anymore because it's over. And it's also true without technology, I would have had to have home phone numbers and you know, or mm-hmm. be able to drive to somebody's you know house. It was a different world, you know. And I think now maybe it would be yeah. different. But yeah, definitely. Sure. All things considered, it was a there was a, there were a lot of positive things that I learned. Yeah, 
I think just having the sense of a bigger world, mm-hmm. just having that sense of there are other places yeah. and they're all people and they don't do things the same and they don't, they don't have the same colloquialisms and they don't understand yeah. how things work as far as farming and, you know, the things that were just sort of common in Indiana, that basic understanding of nothing is the same in other places, but everything is the mm-hmm. same. You know, mm-hmm. that they families are the same and people, the things that people do are the same, mm-hmm. even though it's completely different places. And that, that helped me understand how people in other countries, same thing, people in other religions, mm. you know? So I've never had a difficult time mm-hmm. understanding how people could believe differently from me sure. in a religious way or, you know, beliefs or, you know, in yeah. certain cultural things. I, it's just, a, I've never had a difficult time with that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because I learned that lesson, sure. you know, when I was younger, that it's a different place. Mm-hmm. And they may have different habits, mm-hmm. you know, different language, but it's all the same. People are the same. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I've always appreciated that about our life as well. Which is interesting because, especially in the past year, a lot of conversations have come up about cultural aspects in my family. And, you know, we were always surrounded by people that didn't look like us, that may not have believed the same things as us, you know. So I feel compared to like living in a small town, we had a much more open mind and were open to it, but still wasn't totally immersed in other people's lives mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, that we could understand how other people lived, you know, especially people of color. And it's just, it's been a real interesting conversation with my dad, especially he came from a little town in Iowa, mm-hmm. believed in the diversity aspect of the military and those everyone's your equals and, you know, chain of commands and and all those things, but still, even with that life, we might have had a sheltered upbringing. Yeah. And conversation about like, okay, so that's your background, you know, how does that get changed for people on average, right? I mean, it sounds like uh, you went into a field where you were dealing with a lot of different types of people, and you you had this open-minded view of things, and obviously really helped you in your profession. But I mean, people you grow up with must have a very different way of looking at the world. I think so. I will tell you that I, one of the reasons I love Facebook was that a lot of the people that had gone to the high school that I went to, mm-hmm. their politics are very, very different than mine. And this is in Indiana, and most of them mm-hmm. graduated, went to school in Indiana, moved back to Indianapolis, and have been there ever since. And yeah. if they go anywhere, it's Florida. You know what I mean? And so they're so their their beliefs are so different than mine, and yeah. I found it really difficult to be around oh, it, sure. and to yeah. listen uh-huh. to it, or not listen in an auditory way, but to have mm-hmm. it sort of in my face all the time. Because because you're right, you know they mm-hmm. they don't believe the same things that I believe, yeah. and I don't know what would have happened if I'd stayed there. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think Denver created that and sure. I think I was that way before I came here and mm-hmm. uh, it may be more that I was comfortable leaving Indiana because I just I had a sense that there were a lot of things already that weren't a very good fit you know mm. it's just a lot of racism and a lot of okay just a lot of really ultra conservative mm-hmm. kinds of stuff and I'm I'm a religious person but I'm very liberal mm-hmm. my faith is very liberal and 
it's more like Christ really believed, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's true. I think that they have tended to stay the same and Mm -hmm. and have sort of gotten more entrenched Mm -hmm. in whatever those beliefs are. And I just can't, yeah, I can't listen to it. I can't be around it. So I think that's lucky. And the other thing about that is you you realize Mm -hmm. there are places where you can't be. There are places that I could not call home again Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And I think you too, probably, you know, it's like mm-hmm. once you've opened that door, sure. you know, you can't, you can't easily go back mm-hmm. to looking at the world any other way. Yeah. That sort of leads me into, you know, you talked about when you had your kids, you wanted to stay planted here, whether that was family ties or whatever you thought, have your kids gone on to raise their kids? What does that look like? Well, I think for my daughter, well, my son to some extent too, his daughters have been in the same little community in Wellbroomfield since they were born, you know, and that's where their maternal grandparents are. And I doubt if he'll leave or if mm-hmm. they will, but my daughter for job mm-hmm. reasons kind of had to go to DC and yeah. she, she just needed to move. And the kids, mm-hmm. I think she, I don't think she would have ever moved them again. Like I, I know she wouldn't. She's, she's changed positions, but I don't think Mm -hmm. she would ever have moved them again once they, once they got there. Mm. So I think in some ways similar, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of similar to the way I raised, raised them. I mean, even though granted it's a different state and moved out of Colorado, but, I think she's been very intentional about staying in one place Yeah. after that one move. Yeah. Hmm. But again, you said they're very interested in traveling. They're not interested mm-hmm. in just being in that one place. They want to see what else is beyond. Yeah. 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 They travel. Yeah. They travel a lot. And she's always traveled a lot sure. internationally for her job. So, so they have that sense of a bigger world. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, being in DC, mm-hmm. you can't avoid the idea that there's a bigger world. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, it's sort of integrated mm-hmm. into everything. Sure. Even though they're in a suburb, I mean, that's everybody who lives in the suburbs, it's the same thing. They're all State Department employees, or, you know, it's, it's a, it's just sort of a fact of life in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned, it was hard for you to make friends and stuff as a kid. How have your adult friendships been different for you? I have a few close friends and a lot of acquaintances. You know, I know a lot of people, but I don't have a lot of close friends. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a few close friends who have had for a long time. And you know, mm-hmm. being in one place for such a long time, you tend to have long long-term relationships, I think. Sure. And I have friends from work that I've kind of hung on to, but but I know a lot of people. I'm just not what I would mm-hmm. say. I, I do tend to connect with people. Sure. I still have that ability, mm-hmm. but I'm also a lot more discerning than I used to be. Yeah. But that may just be age. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's a function of age. Mm. But, I, you know, I can meet people, and I'm always interested. I'm <laughs> I'm really, really deeply interested in other people and ask a lot of questions about their backgrounds. And that's good. Yeah. Get to know people better and 
differently than if you yeah. sort of indicating an interest in them. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I would say that sometimes if there's a if something isn't working out as for in a relationship, sure. I'm really more likely to just shut the door, kind of like I did when we would move. You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, that's over. You know? Yeah, that sounds very familiar. All of that uh-huh. again. I, I'm speaking of like my sister and I just never putting that energy into it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I spoke to a woman where I got my glasses and we started talking and came up that we were both military brats. And she was just really kind of snarky and funny. And she was like, let me guess, you can talk to just about anyone, but you have no real close friendships in your life. (laughs) Wow, you you have my number. And kind of like how you just framed it, You, you know? Yes, I've known so many people over my lives and I've worked and in all of these different areas and acquaintances is a really good way to frame a lot of people in my life. That part of it has been interesting to me because I, I guess I put up blocks along the way just to not even bother. Mm-hmm. If I had been planted, would I have these lifelong friendships mm-hmm. closer to my family? And that could be very much wishful thinking, still really interesting part of the dynamic of it all for me. And I think also for me, in terms of relationships, it's been mm-hmm. that out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind mentality almost, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't seen that person in two years. I guess I've moved on, you know, mm-hmm. incredibly easy for me to have that sort of thinking. And it's always, it's always bothered me a little bit. Yeah, I do understand that. I really, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You know, I've had friendships rekindle that I thought were pretty much over. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad because, you know, the friend's, the friends, especially the deep friendships that I have, you know, if I maybe I don't talk to somebody for two or three years, mm-hmm. but we can start in again exactly where we were before. Mm-hmm. Neither of us can always tell why we lost touch, but sure. but I'm with you, you know. And yeah. sometimes it's kind of like, should I reach out to them or not, you know? And then it becomes that sort of awkward. Sure. What what am I trying to accomplish or yeah. where am I going with that? And yeah, it's really it's really fascinating. But more often than not, it's just over. Right. As sad as that is. Maybe. I mean, have you always been at peace with that idea or has it bothered you? Does it bother you? Oh, uh, once in a while it'll you know, it'll bother me. Like once in a while I think mm-hmm. maybe I need to do I need to revisit some of those mm-hmm. relationships and find out what their perceptions were or not. Sure. And I don't usually, just because I'm so yeah. busy with the people that I do have in my life, sure. I don't reach out. But I know that that's a lot of it. Yeah. That stage is finished now mm-hmm. in this other stage. And I have these other friends. And yeah. Well, and relationships mm-hmm. take time and energy. Sure. Especially as you get older, as you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From a psychology perspective, I mean, is this a, a good path to go down? Can there be much gain from this kind of introspection, or is it a worthy cause, do you think? I think that any introspection is worthwhile. And I think that even if it's just to mm-hmm. understand yourself better, yeah. I always think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't think ruminating, you know, and sort yeah. of revisiting sure. things that have happened over and over again, I, I'm not sure that's healthy or helpful but yeah but i think that it's really interesting to look at like you said you know you pose the question you know who am i mm-hmm. now vis-a-vis mm-hmm. the experiences that i had yeah. when i was moving to different mm-hmm. locations and mm-hmm. how did it affect me in my yeah. relationships and mm-hmm. i think that can be really interesting yeah and i'm not going to use the word helpful because it implies that there's some kind of an issue or yeah. a problem which i don't think 
I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most of us have learned how to be in the world in a pretty healthy, effective way. And, sure. But I think it's always interesting to look at how did that impact me? Yeah. And how did it impact me in ways that I may not even realize? I may not understand or yeah. be fully aware of uh-huh. how it impacted me. And mm-hmm. just to just to be able to know it and describe it, I think is helpful. Sure. But, you know, as I've looked back at doing a career for 20 years, Um, it really has been my networking and my connection to people that's really been my my blind spot. mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm interested in all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. How can I think about it differently as I'm moving forward? So that's why it's useful to me and helpful, actually. So time will tell, I guess. But uh, Oh, I think so. Yeah. And it's like I said, you know, it's not like you're trying to solve some big problem. It's not that at all. It's interesting research to kind of look at and all of that, sort of sure. an archaeological study, maybe. Yeah. And going forward, frankly, yeah. what kind of energy will there be if you decided someday to move yeah. to a different place? You know, what mm-hmm. what what could you expect to experience mm-hmm. as a result of that? Yeah. Yeah, because I know I I think about that too. Right. That's the interesting thing about the aging process. Yeah. You get to a point and you just get. Yeah. I don't know if it's blindsided. I don't know what mm-hmm. word yeah. I'm really looking for. Yeah. The way that I've always described it to my friends and the way I look at it is, you know, kaleidoscopes, yeah. how you, you're looking through a kaleidoscope, even the ones that you get in the stores these days where it's just the glass mm-hmm. ball with a piece of glass. You turn it and it's completely different. Yeah. It's all shifted. Mm-hmm. I would argue it happens to us as we age and you get an opportunity to look at things from a completely different mm-hmm. perspective through a completely different bunch of colored glass. Yeah. And it opens things up in ways that you don't expect. Uh, and you get an opportunity then to kind of look at yeah. how do you fit into that now? Oh. And how do you sort of negotiate different roles mm-hmm. with the same people? But yeah, I think it's exciting. You know, I think that's, really exciting mm-hmm. yeah I, I st- i'm still on the fence right i still don't know how to how to think about it except for i'm willing to entertain a lot more than i thought i would have at one point you know so i think that's a, a great direction to move in at least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just wanted to shift it back to you a little bit and when you came to denver how many more times did you actually move once you got here in your adult life so we i we had a a Victorian house in Golden, which of course I wish I had. Oh. I wish I had every house that we ever lived in because that would be great. Yeah, I bet. Lived there until my daughter was 14, I think, and then we moved to Applewood. Yeah. And then got divorced. And then my son and I mm-hmm. moved back to Golden. My daughter went to CSU. Mm-hmm. And then my son and I moved back, back to Applewood for a while. Then moved back to Golden, and then now I'm back in Applewood. So mm-hmm. again, it's like a two two and a half mile radius, maybe. Mm-hmm. So moved a lot, but not really. Uh-huh. At, you know, when we moved, my daughter was 14. We had not moved until then, and then we were there in that house for about five or six years. You know, and then sure. moved a little bit more after that. You know, but yeah. But not dramatic moves. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't cross-country moves. It was just yeah. moving a few blocks generally. I think that still counts, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably six. Yeah. 
I just think it's interesting. Your stats are like mine where your adult life mm -hmm. gave you more shifts that way than your childhood, mm -hmm. be it smaller shifts. Well, still... and, and again, I think you gain knowledge of how that all works. You know, you know, you know what to do when you have to move, you just sort of get ready yeah. and do it. You were prepared to do that and you could do that. I think is the, mm -hmm. the telling part there. You know? I never thought about that, but that's really true. Sure. If you had a way to magically go back and alter the way you were raised, would you do anything different? Would you leave anything the same? As vis-a-vis -vis the move, moves and moving to new places? Yeah. Well, I think, I think parents and other family members have a lot to do with how successful it is for kids to move. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really incumbent upon the adults to make sure that kids understand the move and and feel like they have a, a framework or a connection, yeah. which it sounds like you may have had a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's horrible, yeah. you know, because you're moving to a new place. You have no mm -hmm. frame of reference. You have no connection. You have no, mm -hmm. you don't have any, you know, if you don't have anything to fall back on, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have these relationships that mm -hmm. you know that there's somebody there when you come home at the end of the day after going through all of this completely new stuff. Yeah. That would be helpful. You know, I mm. think that's one thing that would have been nice, but that's, you know, again, mm -hmm. not anything I can change now, but okay, I think so. that you know something that people really need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't true that the kids are just going to naturally be fine sure. just because you are. And it can seem a lot bigger because kids don't yeah. necessarily always have the life outside the home yeah. that the parents do and, yeah. or some parents. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a, you know, it's really, it's something that needs to really be managed pretty carefully, I think. Mm, sure. Yeah, I mean, my parents, they were very young as well, and they, they were sort of navigating it themselves. I mean, my mom came from a military family. My dad came from a little town, you know, so they kind of maybe taught each other how to how to do all that, you know, as they went. And then yeah. they always try to take us into consideration, but it was never really their choice either, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with us too. I mean, we were military never rich, but we were always taken care of, right? So mm -hmm, I grew up with people mm -hmm. that wasn't the case. And so I got to see that firsthand and never, never understood it at the time, really, but uh, can look back at it now and feel pretty fortunate, despite, you know, how it felt unstable to me at the time. Well, and I've thought about that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I, the only thing I would add to any of this okay. is that I am fully aware that how entitled I was, you know, when I'm yeah. talking about moving you know, I've got a dad who's an executive at a big corporation, you know, we're moving to nice neighborhoods, we've got plenty to eat, you know, we have a warm house, we, you know, all of that. Sure. And tragically, it's not that way for a lot of kids, you know, yeah. they're moving for them is put your stuff in a black plastic bag. Mm. So I really understand that. And so I guess my, my final comment would be, I, I want to be, I want to make sure people know that I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah, that's good to Good to say. Yeah, for sure. Well, this was lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a good way to, to kind of kick it off for me. You bet. Yeah, it was great. It was enjoyable and it was good for me to kind of look at some of that stuff. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend if you can. Well, thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. 
that's episode one. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and thank you to Cindy for participating. It's a really great conversation. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out thefullmedium.com, where the rest of the current episodes are airing. Uh, rate, review, subscribe when you can, and uh, if you feel like it, reach out, tell me about this episode, and if you have your own story you'd like to share. All right, thanks a lot. This is a production of The Full Medium.